Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,949. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in San Francisco, where my son and daughter-in-law live, beautiful city, with a very special guest by the name of Shauna McIntyre. Shauna, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have the gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? <laughs> Mark, I certainly am. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much. Cool. We're going to have some fun. Really happy to have you as well. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your world, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Shauna? Oh boy. Uh, probably that my, well, my first speeding ticket, I was told that uh, the police officer was being nice to me for riding me down for 99 miles an hour. Otherwise he'd be hauling me off to jail for reckless driving. (laughs) You go girl. There you go. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I was enjoying my, my reaction was it was a Ford, one of those new Ford Tauruses back in the gosh, it would have been 1990, I guess. Uh And the speedometer only went up to 85 miles an hour. So I told him you can only write me up for 85, right? Because (laughs) that's as fast as I know I'm going. You know, yeah, those old cars only had, I remember for a while the government in all its infinite wisdom decided, you know, maybe if we just make a Speedo go up to 85, nobody will surpass that. Right. Yeah. Right. That exactly. didn't quite exactly. work. So, uh, wow. So the is, I was in the middle of California going down I-5. Okay. You know, was, there was not a lot of uh, traffic near me. So yeah. I was probably only endangering myself, but still, I've, uh, I guess I've, I've grown a little wiser from <laughs> since then. That was a long time ago. We do as we mature a little bit. You know, I got pulled over for a very similar infraction, although I will say I was going a little faster across the desert, returning from uh, Tucson to San Diego, right before you hit the California border. And there was about six of us, and we were all flying. And unfortunately, we came around a bend, and on the other side of the road was uh, Arizona State Patrol. He pulled across okay. that median and came after us. Now I backed out and everybody else ran and he went flying by me. And I, in my smugness, I thought I was with my sister and I said, Oh, thank goodness. He's going to go get those guys. Well, about, I don't know, three minutes later, all of them were pulled over and he was standing in the middle of the highway, two lane freeway, Whoa. pointing at me, waving me over. And I went, <laughs> Oh, darn. But to make a long story short, one of the people was being very uppity with that officer, so much so that he let all of us go and kept that guy, put him in his back seat in handcuffs, and there oh. you go. So be polite, just like you were to officers. I think so. Sometimes they'll cut you a little slack, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. Well. And, and admit admit what you've done. That usually helps, too, uh, in, helps in my uh, past experience, but we won't talk about any more of those. Let me give you a proper introduction here. Shauna McIntyre is president of Ouster Automotive, where they are focused on driving mass market adoption of digital LiDAR in consumer and commercial vehicles. In October of 2021, Ouster acquired Sense Photonics, where Shauna was the CEO. In addition to her role as CEO, she also serves on the board of directors of Lyft. Motors and Electric Last Mile Solutions. Shauna joined Sense Photonics in April of 2020, bringing a wealth of technology and automotive experience 
and a track record of driving innovation in traditional industries. Prior to Sense, Shauna led Google's automotive service program and served as chief of staff for Google Devices, the company's rapidly growing consumer electronics business. And then further back, her career included time with Ford Motor Company, McKinsey & Company, Honeywell International, and other powerhouses in the automotive sector. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsor. So give them a little love, if you would. In fact, give them a little business. That's why we're here today. And we'll be right back. Keep your seatbelts on. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered for moderate weather conditions and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft, too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-2-1 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Shauna, we're back. You know, we're going to speed limit today. We might speed up a little bit, dive a little deeper into the corners. Okay. But I'd love for you, before you share what's going on at Ouster, because what you guys are doing with an adaptation of digital LIDAR is very interesting to me in the consumer and commercial vehicles, because you're changing the world of LIDAR as I knew it. But first, can you walk us through a little bit of this history of your involvement with automotive? Because you've been with some heavy hitters. You've been running companies, but you sound like you're a car girl at heart. Mark, I am a car girl at heart. I'm a girl from California, though, so I'm one of those rare transplants that went east rather than the east, you know, the Midwest and the other folks coming to California. Yep. So 
I was in grad school and engineering and I had grown up, my father was a professor. And so I was always around academia, which nothing wrong with that, but I was really starting to get eager to see the real world and you know where the rubber meets the road, literally. So I got an opportunity to be an intern at a Ford plant and it just happened it was overseas and I had grown up speaking French equally to English. And so it was, I just saw it as an opportunity to use my French in a setting that otherwise I would never be able to really use my French professional. And I get the uh, manufacturing experience uh, as a a summer intern that I can then use to be a better design engineer here in the Valley or do something. But I really didn't have a plan after that summer internship. Well, three months uh, with Ford Motor Company turned into three years uh, and more (laughs) uh, back in the U.S. And I really got bit by the bug. Exactly. No, but I think what really struck me was that, you know, we were employing hundreds of people in this plant in this, you know, small southwestern France, French town, and outside of Bordeaux, beautiful. Um, but it was an impact on people everywhere, right? It wasn't just that we were designing and built, we're designing a, a product in one place and then shipping it off to get or manufacturing it somewhere else and having customers around the world. This was customers around the world, development around the world, manufacturing around the world, supply chains around the world. It was just such a complex global business that I just found it really interesting from the get-go. And it's you know, where art meets science, right? That vehicles are a thing of art beyond science and technology and engineering. And it's this high, the, the conflict of high volume manufacturing and the how do you change, you know, make a change in the product because it is so hard to scale that into high volume. Sure. Um, you have to think locally and globally when you're thinking of your customers. So there are all these conflicts that have to come together to develop a fantastic vehicle. And so I just really was excited about it. And here I am, 20-something years later. I won't tell you exactly how many years, but (laughs) (laughs) I see. And I've gotten out of the industry a couple of times, too. Like when I was at Google, I was in consumer electronics, and it was fun to see that. But there's something about automotive, something about just the empowerment that people have through ground transportation that always lures me back in. Just kept pulling you back in, as they say, that great line. Well, let's let's talk about this, because what you're doing there at Ouster with uh, LiDAR now – the way I was, de- it was described to me is this is not your grandfather's LIDAR, the old spinning sensors on top of the vehicles or expensive, complicated solutions. It's a, a really compact system. There's no moving mechanical parts. It's cost competitive, scalable, uh, clear 3D images. I mean, this is pretty interesting. So what are you guys up to there? Mm-hmm. No, it is really exciting. Um, and, and it has to be solid state for, for, from my perspective with automotive, just having been frontline with uh, reliability issues and, and warranty issues. And especially when it comes to something that's safety critical, it has to be robust. Mm-hmm. And where, you know, duty cycles, they're, they're all different and you can never fully predict how a vehicle is going to behave or what kind of duty cycle it's going to endure the component itself has to be completely robust. And the interface between the component and the vehicle also needs to be robust. Uh, and so it can't be, a, you know, an appendage that's, you know, on the side or the top of the vehicle. So the thing that's really exciting about what we're doing is digital LIDAR really is the future. It has the performance beyond anything that you can see in the market, as well as in the price opportunity. So it's this price performance leadership that we offer beyond any any competitor. Um, and so, and the performance is really in terms of the data density, you know, the data coming in. So imagine a point cloud, you know, the LIDAR illuminates a, a surface, brings the data in terms of you know, location points back into the sensor 
and it paints a, a thorough picture of an environment. And so the amount of density of that data, those data points is really critical because that's the only way the vehicle knows where it is in the world. So we offer that data density, but then because it's a basic CMOS semiconductor chip, it has the pricing or the cost structure that can scale because this type of technology is already used in consumer for things like gaming or facial recognition, et cetera. So yeah, it's taking technology and, and we have a unique architecture within the technology that, that differentiates us. So we're talking about, I believe, like a difference between 10 million points per second versus two for a competitor? That's right. Our competitors are at the one, you know, one or so range, even at best that um, versus we, we get 10, 10 million points per second. Wow. So tell us how this will have an impact on vehicle safety, because that's really what we're talking about here with the use of this, right? That's right. We should have every new vehicle that is produced on the planet with sensors that are going to ensure the safety of the, the, the driver, the passenger, and the pedestrians around the vehicle. And so the opportunity that LIDAR presents is that it, could, it cocoons the vehicle, both from a short-range perspective, but then it also gives the vehicle medium and long-range vision for what's in and around it and what's to come. Uh, so we're seeing a number of use cases across the board with different, very, you know, various levels of range required. But it, it does get back to the fact that if vehicles can be cocooned, then they will navigate the world in a much safer environment because they're going to know where they are by ingesting this data from the sensor to understand where they are in the world and what hazards are there that are in their way. So it's, it's the safety of those people in the vehicle as well as those around the vehicle. Well, tell me about the blue lights and rearview mirror that you and I have experienced. <laughs> the <laughs> <Yes>. flashing blue <laughs> lights. <laughs> yes, I'd like to avoid those in my future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. well, let's talk more seriously about this being installed in vehicles and what are the ways that the driver is going to be interacting or how they're going to be influenced, I guess, in a way by what this information is telling them while they're on the road. Yeah. So the more information that can be brought into the vehicle and enable the vehicle to drive itself, the more the vehicle can have confidence to be in control mm -hmm. versus the driver. And so right now we're at this L2 level, you know, those SAE levels, the L1 through five and L5 is full autonomy. L1 is full driver control. Mm -hmm. We're in that L2 space, right? But we're, there's a chasm between the L2 and L3 and we need to cross that. And you know, a lot of it's enabled by government, but a lot of it is in terms of the confidence that the technology can provide to the vehicle. So as the driver of a vehicle, Perhaps there's more vehicle summoning, you know, in a parking lot or a valet type of environment where the vehicle can go park itself or parking assist where the parking, if you're doing a parallel parking job, for example, the vehicle can do that themselves. So there are some, you know, easier, short, lower moving vehicle type of use cases versus the highway driving. But there could be autonomous routing where there are times of day or weather conditions or road conditions that permit full autonomy mode. So those are also uh, being investigated as well. And that's the way to really start the adoption of autonomy because we're not going to be able to switch, you know, flip a switch and all be in driverless cars all over urban settings tomorrow. It's going to be a gradual evolution. And if there's anything I've seen through my experience in automotive is that it does have to be uh, an incremental uh, type of uh, adoption curve because the public needs to get comfortable with it. We need to amass data enough to know that it's a safe condition for, for autonomous driving or for new types of technology. So 
So I do think it's going to be an incremental thing. And it does take these use cases that will get people more custom, more comfortable with uh, autonomy and then for the industry to have more and more data to confirm that those use cases are indeed safe. And then we can continue to expand into new into new use cases to eventually become in those L4, L5 level autonomy. But yeah. that is going to take a very, you know, it, it has to be very thoughtfully executed so that we ensure safety of everybody around us. Right. Well, you know, for diehard enthusiasts like you and I and many of the Car Chat listeners right now who are enjoying this show, uh, many of us, and I've been one that said, why would I ever want an autonomous car? That's ridiculous. Crazy, silly. I'm never going to do that. I like to be in control. I like to drive. It's enjoyable for me. But then I ran across other people who give me a different perspective, which is always good for all of us to have. And one of them hit me square between the eyes. And that is, you know, I have a mom who's aging and, and driving is becoming a bit of a challenge for her. It's more stressful, nighttime driving, vision issues and so forth. And a friend of mine said, well, what if your mom could just summons her car to come pick her up in front of the building, drive her to her doctor's appointment or to the theater or the grocery store, go park itself, come back, take her home. And she would not worry about that, but she would still have that sense of freedom that all of us and many people, when they get older, they don't want to give up their cars because it gives up freedom, even though we have Uber now and all this thing. So that completely changed my perspective. And then what about all the poor drivers out there that we all experience? Now, I think I'm a pretty good driver. I assume you're a pretty good driver. And most of our listeners today assume or they are pretty good drivers, but there's lots of bad drivers. What if all of they could go, mm-hmm. all of them could go and... autonomous cars and just the cars would get out of our way and we could drive and enjoy. So there's a whole nother thing here. But what you're basically saying is this is a not slow because it's moving pretty quick, but it is a slower, Mm -hmm. thoughtful, I like that word, process before this is reality. But if you could get your crystal ball out, when do you think we're going to be seeing this? Now, not with everybody, because not everybody can go out and afford to buy a new car today, next year, whenever, especially right now with the price of cars. But when do you see this happening? Are we 10 years out from this, 20 years out from this, or... It's going to be a lot quicker. Than I don't that. think it's that. Yeah, no, I hope it's quicker. And I do think it's going to be quicker. I think in five years, we're going to be seeing LIDAR on just about every, almost any new vehicle mm-hmm. on the road. I think that's when it's going to start. And it's going to become, quickly become standard. I think that's when uh, the standardization of technology, we've seen this before with ABS, right? Analog brakes were in just the premium vehicles and now they're in every vehicle. And that'll right. be the same thing with LIDAR. And it is going to start in the next few years. But then by the end of the decade, I definitely see the opportunity for autonomy. That it may not be 100% use cases. It may not be in all settings, but rural, those conditions that I mentioned, if there are, you know, if there are boxes that are checked that, okay, the weather allows it, the, the road conditions allow it, the traffic or the density of traffic and the lack thereof mm-hmm. permits it, then you can go in autonomous mode. I really see that happening by the end of the decade. And I can't wait. Yeah, well, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's they, your world. And it's incredible how fast it's coming. And the same with EV cars. I just saw the this morning the new release of the new Porsche. Uh, it's the Cayman, basically, GT4 or as yeah. version. And you yeah. know, I'm a Porsche guy. I'm a BMW guy. I love these sports cars. And they were having an mm-hmm. interview. Mark Weber, the, the uh, past F1 driver, was interviewing one of the engineers at Porsche. And he said, yeah, by 2030, uh, 85% of our cars are going to be all electric. That's the way it's going to be, wow. you know, so yeah, that's, um, that's not that far away. <laughs> it really, that's right. That's it, right. It Those isn't. decisions are being made now. Yeah. Well, they have to be. Yeah. Exactly. To, to tune up yeah. for it. It's exciting. I, this is a really cool uh, world that you're living in. I'd love to hear about maybe a driving inspiration or influence in your life. Somebody who was very influential, maybe a mentor, somebody who really uh, helped you move along in your career. Cause you've had a very fascinating career, very technically oriented career. Is there somebody like that in your life? 
Oh, I'm going to just give a big shout out to John Kosnick, who may be already listening. So I hope it's a pleasant surprise. <laughs> there you go, John. Um, at uh, at uh, Ford Motor Company. And then, uh, gosh, when I was at Honeywell, he was at Ford. He was a chief engineer and uh, then joined me in a startup, uh, actually in San Diego, and uh, now is retired member of the National Academy of Engineering and just to this day, such a great mentor. And uh, so, uh, he was always just somebody I admired and, you know, hard worker. He could do more pull-ups than anybody, by the way. We have a bar and, <laughs> wow. then I, you know, to heaven help me, I could maybe get one in, but he would just keep going. It's just an outstanding individual and just, you know, a go-getter, can-do, positive, and, uh, you know, takes no hostage kind of uh, approach, just uh, outstanding individual. So, yes, I've been really fortunate to have great mentors uh, throughout my career Rhonda Germany is another one from Honeywell. She just makes things happen. And I just have admired the people like her and John and so many others that have allowed me to see what, what could be the future. Uh, cool. Sometimes it's so you get so immersed in your daily job that it's nice to have that friend, that person who can just be that a uh, bit of a watchful eye, but also somebody to give you the hard advice when you, know, when you need it. So. Very cool. So let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge that you were able to overcome, but more importantly, what it taught you. So uh, again, keep the seatbelts on, the LIDARs. Well, I guess it's not spinning anymore, working so that we don't run into anything while we're gone. We'll be right back. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. Here at Cars yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. So, Shauna, let's talk about this. Nobody who is successful has not come up against some challenges. And I would love for you to talk about a big one in your life, a big challenge, big obstacle, maybe even a big failure. But more importantly, what was the lesson learned so you can move forward in a positive way? Take it away. Hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, probably recently, um, you know, it's people. I think some of the people challenges can be some of the hardest. Yes. And uh, I was slow. I was too slow in making decisions. And um, I've, 
realize that looking back that uh, once you make the decision, you can breathe easier and, and then, but leading up to it can be so, so challenging. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, a particular individual just didn't have the same values that uh, I was expecting for my company. And I kept hardening them because there were so many other assets that this person brought. But in the end, it was, uh, there was a lot of damage that person did. And I think, you know, in hindsight, if I was to do it over again, I would be very clear. These are the values, transparency, honesty, and uh, if you don't abide by that, you're out and make it very clear. So, you know, I needed a little bit of the, the you know, forward production supervisor in me sometimes when it comes to people decisions, you know, in terms of just make the decision and move it, move on. Don't belabor it. If you feel in your gut that this, the values are not there or they're, they're not in alignment with what you want as a leader, then it's your prerogative to make a change. And so in the future, I'll be a lot more bold. Cannot tell you how many times I made that mistake <laughs> yeah of uh, just hanging on too long and correct the thing i learned from that so many times was after you made the decision that what person was not the right person to be on the bus to quote jim collins and good to great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that so many people came up and said thank you what took you so long <laughs> you know right and you just go right. uh yeah and it's yeah it's it's uh it's a tough thing for many many people but uh it's one of those old adages and I used to do this backwards. I used to hire too fast and fire too slow. And it really needs yeah, to work the other way. Right. You know, That's right. I was about to say that. Yeah, hire slow, fire fast. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I've you're learned. also doing a service for that person because clearly they're not in the right place. Exactly. Uh, if yeah. they're, they're, not act- they're not behaving or not performing at their top. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you don't realize at the time, you think it's mainly affecting you. It is affecting everybody. Everybody. Exactly. And that is what I... Lament the most. Exactly. Yeah. uh, You know, for you listeners out there that are running small, big businesses, whatever it might be, this is so important. And, uh, you know, it's an old saying I use to this day, swallow the frog. When you need to do something, you swallow that frog. You just get it over with and move forward. And it's always, always (laughs) the best way to do it. Even if it's something you got to get done that day you don't want to do, don't save it for the end of the day. Swallow that frog. Let's talk about a bit of a bucket list because uh, your career has been magnificent. You're a go-getter. You're super inspirational. Is there something looking forward that you'd really like to accomplish in your life? It doesn't have to be business. Could just be something in your life you want to do. Well, I want to take a vacation without any email. That would be really <laughs> nice. So I'm planning on doing that. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. That's, no, hard, that's um, hard to do. Yeah. I, I, that's a good question. I Honestly, in my mindset right now is I want to get this technology on the road. I want mm-hmm. lives to be saved through this technology that is on my bucket list. It's number one. And I feel very strongly about that. And um no, you know, gosh, I think I'm in a really good spot here. I work with outstanding, an outstanding group of people. We are working on exciting technology. The market is ripe. The solutions that exist today are have prevented any sort of scaling, and so we have we have what it takes. We have the goods, and um, I'm really excited for what we have. And you know, when it comes to merging companies, these things are never easy. And it can be, you know, some some experiences that I've seen in the past and other settings have been like gnashing of gears. This our sense photonics integration into Ouster, I have to say, it's been an amazingly smooth ride. Uh, we have, you know, of course, there are little bumps in the road, but nothing that has ever been mission critical. So we've integrated well. It's a fantastic team. We are aligned technically and uh, philosophically about how to approach this market. So 
So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, the bucket list, I'm sure I need to think about that. Um, hitting a milestone birthday coming up here. So <laughs> there'll be more bucket list items of, uh, you know, with family related, but, uh, yeah. no business related. It really is about seeing uh, a technology that can save lives and see it deployed in mass volume. I love that it. I'm looking forward to. I love it. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life going back some car that really stood out, or maybe it's a motorcycle. I've even had people say it's airplanes on this show. So uh, it doesn't have to be all about cars. Is there a, a vehicle that stands out for you? And maybe you could share a quick story about it. Sure. So my my 1956 Baby Benz 190 Mercedes Benz, red leather interior, white exterior. Any of my friends who knew me in my 20s living in, in Michigan or, or Minnesota know that that was my baby. And fun fact, I literally, when I, when I saw that car, I thought to myself, I really hope in my life, I can love a man as much as I love this car. <laughs> <laughs> well, has that worked out I for you? Say that. And it worked out for me because I did. I'm happily married. There you go. But, you know, in my 20s, that was my dream. I love that car. And, you know, it was carbureted. And so I had to, you know, fix the carburetor and make sure enough engine or air got into the engine to actually turn it on for it to turn over, fix the air filters, did a lot of work on that car and just loved it. Um, and so I had it for a few years. Unfortunately, when uh, it came time to investing in real estate, I needed every precious penny. Yeah. So I had to part ways with it. And a man in Hungary flew all the way from Hungary to buy it oh my gosh. Uh, from me because it was such a rare vehicle. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So my baby is somewhere in Hungary driving around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it was a beauty. Worth Red it. over white. That's quite a combination too. Mm. So very cool. Oh yeah. Four, yeah. you know, four gears too on yep. the stick. So, yeah. you know, old, old stick. Yeah. Wow. So. That's a, that's a very sweet car. Well, I'm going to crawl into your head and be your automotive psychologist today. So sit back, oh boy. Okay. relax. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what type of vehicle would you be? But more importantly, why? I'd have to be fast because I do everything too quickly. I obviously drive too fast. <laughs> okay. I probably know by now I talk too fast. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what would I be? Something I'd be fast. something fast. Like, you know, I got to go on the uh, speedway, the Las Vegas speedway. When was that a few years ago? And Ooh. test drive a Lamborghini with Gallardo. Gallardo. Yeah. Gallardo. Gallardo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I probably mispronounced that one. Um, that one's a beauty. That was a beauty. So if I could be any car, I'd want to be a Lamborghini Gallardo. Something fat. You know, there's so many great Lamborghinis out there. Yeah, something fat. Yeah, you're fast moving lady. So that's pretty cool. And uh, Lamborghinis are definitely right uh, down that a- alleyway. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I like the ruggedness of four, you know, but I do like the ruggedness of SUVs and, and uh, larger trucks. So, yep. um, you know, I don't know how you cross a Lamborghini with a truck, but uh Maybe I'm somewhere in between there. Lamborghini made an SUV at one time. And That's right. Yeah, so maybe that. Now, it's a little older, and that was a really unique vehicle. And it was originally designed as a military vehicle, so it was made to go over hill and dale and rocks and dirt and all this kind of thing. But the entire order got, got kiboshed, so they turned them all into streetcars and sold them. They were actually very terrible cars they were not reliable at all but i had a friend <laughs> okay. i had a friend up here in seattle who had one they were kind of cool looking and they they're highly collectible just because they're so unique and different and they didn't mm-hmm. make that many of them but uh may, maybe we'll call you one of those not that you're you're not reliable you definitely are that but you're un, you're unique yeah okay i'll give you know we'll do that and beautiful too so and they do have the new lamborghini Urus. so there's that uh but lamborghinis <laughs> Pretty special cars, for sure. I imagine there are some ways that you like to give back. Everyone I've had on the show who's successful has figured out some way to help others in the automotive sector. Are there some ways you like to do that or your company does it? Yeah, well, I certainly like to help individuals, right? I spend, um, I, I do go out of my way to help people. Um, just, in fact, 
last, I'd say today, I just introduced people to each other just uh, right before getting on this podcast, just because I, I enjoy helping people. Uh, and I think it comes down to being at the individual level and helping people with their career next steps. Partway yeah, through being my a career. Mentor. Yeah, a mentor and also just a connector. Um, partway through my career was after a startup. And it really was, as my as I say, I put my clutch Put, put the clutch in my career as I changed gears from really powertrain hardware to more the progressive so- software and technology area. And during those three years of that clutch, you know, kind of transitionary years, I was with the firm called Egon Zender doing talent consulting and organizational consulting mm-hmm. as it related to talent. And so during that time, I met some really interesting people. And I, my job was to sit and listen to people pretty much all day and, um, and then make assessments and, and recommendations. But I really enjoyed helping people find the next, their next steps of, you know, career opportunities. And I still do that uh, just as a, as a side hobby, fun, you know, just to, uh, to enjoy that. And, and certainly women, you know, helping women get uh, advance their careers. Uh, that is very important to me. And uh, so I do that right and left whenever I possibly can. Um, but in terms of like community and helping community, certainly um, our local public schools, I've raised a ton of money for the schools because they need it. The California budgets for public schools are, are very meager. We wouldn't even have a library if we didn't augment the budgets with fundraising. So I'm very active uh, in that, with that. Very cool. I love it. Now, how about reading? Is there a great book that you've read maybe in the last year or two that you'd like to share? Mm, there are a few. Um, one of my favorites is Never Split the Difference. It's actually a, a uh, negotiations book uh, for, written by a former head of uh, negotiations with the CIA and uh, just absolutely mm. outstanding book and walk, walks through, you walk through a lot of uh, different examples of hostage Christ, you know, hostage situations where mm-hmm. he was front line negotiating with these terrorists. So it's just good a good uh, gave a good examples of what to do, what not to do, as you think in everyday life, negotiating everyday life. So, um, so I love that book. Um, Talking to Strangers is another one uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. That's an outstanding book because it tells tells you how we get people so wrong. It's if you you know take first impressions, if you assume certain things just based on appearance or comportment or what what have you, you can get people so wrong. And so I that was a fascinating book as well. Yeah, yeah, Gladwell's written some great ones. And Never Split the Difference, that's by uh, Chris Voss. Chris Voss, uh, thank you. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, great, great book. So I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. This means I can be magic. Okay. Uh, you can pick any You can pick any vehicle, you can pick anybody, living or deceased, and you can go anywhere. So what does the ultimate drive mm-hmm. look like for you today? Oh, gosh. Well, it would be my dad, who passed away just over 10 years ago, because I think my first, uh, he, he would just throw me in the passenger seat. I was probably a toddler and no seatbelts, and it was his <laughs> yeah. joy ride. It was a 1959 Mercedes, and he would we would just tear through the streets of Berkeley, in the Berkeley Hills. He would just be blowing some steam, and I would be holding on for dear life. I think that's probably why <laughs> I love cars. But um, yeah. where would we go? I would go back to, gosh, I, I'm also, I love history. I, I, the older I get, the more I enjoy reading about history and uh, the way the world was but, but I had, you know, just opens up new, new uh, ways of thinking in terms of what's happened in the world and, and, and here, just the, the empathy for people. So anyway, I think I'd yeah. probably want to go back to um, back in time somewhere, you know, either to, Oh, you know, back in time. Now, yeah. No one's ever said you know, that. maybe to you know, cool. Europe in the late thirties or to Hong Kong. Uh, my dad grew up in Hong Kong and my grandfather ran a chip 
building company there and um, wow. would love to just see how my grandfather was a pioneer and a business builder and, and enabled transportation in his day and age in China with ships. You know, that's really how they, they moved goods. They didn't have highways back then. Yeah. yeah. And so wow. I would just love to be that's on that learning, learning experience. Yeah. That is a very cool answer to that question. I like that. <laughs> Very, very, very nice. Well, you've taken us on a, a wonderful ride today. This has been so much fun, and I really appreciate you spending some time with me today. Before I let you go, would you share maybe some words of wisdom, some inspirational uh, thoughts or a quote or a mantra for you or for your business? Well, Nelson Mandela, I think this is what I started when I first became CEO, and I heard this quote, and it just stuck with me. I, I win or I learn. That's what it is. I win or I learn. And I think I don't fail. I, I win or learn, I do, I do not fail. Something in that regard. And it is really the story of uh, certainly, you know, my life in the last 18 months of being a startup CEO, selling the company, now integrating into a, uh, another company and um, really paving our path forward. And yes, there are areas where we, we learn. We're learning every day. We don't call them failures because we're learning. And that's part of that's that's so critical to building a business is you build it one block at a time and you learn as you go and you want to make sure you learn early uh, and learn and certainly take time to learn rather than repeat mistakes. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. The the quote there goes this way, I never lose. I either win or learn. So nice. same same difference. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, yep. I, and I know that because I've had a, another guest on the show share that with us. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I always try to remember that when things don't go the way I want them to go. Right, right. Yeah, like those blue lights in the window. Oh, I just <laughs> learned I shouldn't be going so fast. There you go. Absolutely. How can people learn more about your business, Ouster Automotive? Yeah, ouster.io. That's our website. And uh, we'll be at CES. I'll be at CES. We'd love to meet any of your listeners. And uh, if you're in town, we'd love to to you know meet you in person. But uh, yeah, That'd be just great. visit us at CES or ouster.io. Absolutely. Uh, again, you can find everything on Shauna's show notes page. Just go to carsia.com, type in Shauna McIntyre, and her page will pop right up. And I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Adrienne Lenhoff at Buzzforia PR for introducing me to Shauna. She brought me some great guests. So thank you so much, Adrienne. Shauna, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing the amazing things that you're doing there at Ouster. This is so cool. The future is so interesting. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure meeting you and and being on your podcast today. Pleasure was all mine. This was great. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. 
Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!